happy in So God bless Brother Miller. I'll take up the Sunday school offering. God bless you. Praise the Lord, everyone. Always good to be in the house of God. You may be seated. Or you can stand. It's all right. Amen. So glad for the presence of God in this place this morning. Such a liberty. It's good to be to have that liberty. Amen. I'm so glad for it. The Bible says where the spirit of the Lord is. And I'm glad about that. Amen. Amen. So welcome back. We are continuing talking about putting life back into perspective. And I have to say, I've said this before, but I am I am blessed by what God is dealing with my heart about. There's things that, you know, and of course, as you look into the word of God, that's really what is happening. The more you get into the word of God, the more you consult and seek the face of God. He will open your eyes and open your understanding. And that's what it's all about. Amen. We could take this theme and just keep going on and on and on and on. Amen. Because that's every aspect of life. God will show you how to live life successfully. I've said this before. One of the things I think is to our detriment is when we try to compartmentalize and segment God from the rest of our lives. When we talk, you ever heard the terms to say, well, you know, everything doesn't have to be spiritualized. I'm sorry, but the last time I checked, everything stemmed from the spirit of God. The very existence of life started with God. Amen. So who better to tell me how to live this life than the one who was the orchestrator of life? And that is God himself. Amen. So like I always say, if I want to consult God with what can of green beans I need to buy when I go in the supermarket, then that's my business because. Because the Bible tells me in all my ways, acknowledge him and he shall do what? Direct my paths. So it's not in our best interest to make God a part of our agenda, but he should be our agenda. Amen. Everything on our agenda should be surrounded by God, the very will of God. And if we do that, we'll find ourselves being more successful. And I want to plug this in here, too. People, you know, there's a lot of people that may think or believe that living for God is hard, but I beg to differ. Living for God is not hard. I, okay, so we got quiet on that. Living for God is not hard. You know, every time you make that statement, you are giving glory to the enemy. It's not living for God that's hard. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. God has made it easy to live for him. Let me tell you how easy it is. When he says do it, you do it. It don't get no easier than that. He has provided. This is where we mess up. This all right. I'm going to get to the lesson in just a second. But this is where we mess up as his people. We want the luxury of being able to say that we are his people and we want to enjoy the benefits. But when he says do something, then we scatter like roaches. He said, I sought. I'm looking for somebody that I can use 
And today God is still looking for someone that he wants to use. Now Jesus Christ paid it all. But there's still work that needs to be done. And God wants to use us. Amen. Living for God is not hard. He's provided everything that we need. You know, there's no obstacle in life that you face that God didn't know was already going to be there for you. Let me help paint the picture for you. So here's how it works. We talked about the body, right? When God places you in the body, that beca- that's because that position was already there for you. He called you to fill what he's already made. See, God is not reactive. He's proactive. He designed the position because he already knew he designed it for you. So he's calling you to fulfill something. Now, when you're in position, guess what happens? The blessings and the things that you walk into is a result of you being in the right position. Now I'm getting ahead of myself. So, folks, the best way for us to walk in the favor of God is to be in the place where he's called us to. Well, let me get into this. So we started out last week talking about participation, We're talking about ministry. And so one of the things I told you, four things that I was going to bring out over the next couple of weeks. And one of them is participation. The other one is uh, leadership and not necessarily in this order. Um, then there's relationship. And then there is fellowship. So participation, relationship, leadership, and fellowship. And these are the things that I'll be talking about over the next couple of weeks, if the Lord wills. Next week, by the way, is not going to be, we won't have Sunday school. Church on the grounds. We're anticipating that God is going to move upon the hearts of people. So we're talking about participation today. And as I mentioned before, ministry is extremely important in the life of a Christian. Ministry encompasses every aspect of the Christian movement. And again, this ministry is not just confined to a position. It's not just confined to one specific work, but it is the entire work of God. So when you are operating in ministry, you're operating in the work of God. The ministry was never about us. It's for us, but it's not about us. It's about God. Whenever we are operating in ministry, we are, our goal is to share the good news, right? About what God can do for us. When we come to church every Sunday, it's to encourage the saints, reminding us about what God can and will do for us, it's also telling us what God requires us to do for him. Amen? Amen.
The ministry of the church serves the needs of souls throughout the world by offering the hope of eternal life through Jesus Christ. In the Christian perspective, ministry should involve four key elements, and this is what we're talking about, participation today. So in the traditional Judaic culture, engagements, talking about marital engagements, are treated very seriously. I'm going to read this, what I pulled off of here, off of the uh, shamash.org. And don't ask me what shamash is, but I was looking for a good resource a credible or credible resource uh, to find out what their uh, tradition was when it came to weddings, specifically engagements. So it said the following are some common customs before a Jewish wedding. Teneum, I may not be saying that right, but teneum, which means engagement. Engagement in Jewish law is more than just the intention to marry. It carries considerable legal and social significance. The official Jewish engagement takes place at the groom's table with the signing of Tanaim, which creates the Jewish legal status of engaged. Y'all see that? So the engagement, you already have some legal proceedings taking place. The honor of reading the contract in, Ar- in Aramaic is often given to a prominent rabbi or close friend. Then the mothers of the bride and groom break a china plate, signifying the completion of the engagement agreement. Tanaim is a mutual agreement between the bride and groom's parents. It concerns the date and financial arrangements of the marriage. The Tanaim dates back to the 3rd century CE. It serves to discourage disorganized arrangements as well as misunderstandings that can lead to hurt feelings and strained relationships. Often the signing is accompanied by an engagement party for the couple and their parents. Tanaim is primarily an orthodox custom. So, just by virtue of what I read, an engagement in the Judaic culture was taken seriously. In the American culture, the customs vary concerning marital engagements. Typically, there is nothing that legally binds the two parties together other than a verbal proclamation. In either culture, the engagement is designed to represent a commitment to the relationship leading up to the honorable act of marriage. In other words, the engagement signifies that both parties are exclusively focused, eagerly passionate, and are active participants in the relationship with each other. That's what the engagement is supposed to represent. So we live in a society now where you can say, hey, you know, let's get married. Go through the whole proposal. I mean, why go through all that? And because there's something you don't like, or maybe there's something else that you think you like better, I'm going to call this off. Unfortunately, that is how fickle we have become as a society. Look at our, we got our young kids in school, friendships. Look how quickly they, they're friends today and tomorrow they're not friends. And for what? He said, she said, misunderstanding. Right. Somebody looked at them wrong. Somebody was having a bad day and all of a sudden nobody's friends. Right. And then tomorrow they may be friends again. Right. Here today, gone tomorrow. My concern is that that 
attitude is creeping into the church. Here today, gone tomorrow. Let me ask you a question. This is what I, a, a lot of times when I'm witnessing to people, or I'm encouraging people, you know, about going to church. Listen, don't come to church for my benefit. I don't, if you come to church for my benefit, you are wasting your time. Because your objective should not be to please me. When I'm inviting folks, listen, if you're talking about you trying to decide, you know what I tell them? Pray. You say you got a relationship with God, pray and let God lead you where he wants you to go. Sure, I want you to, you're welcome to come here. But if you got a relationship with God, let God lead you. This is what I tell them. See, to me, you know, the ministry is not about numbers. Y'all know that, right? Now, God gives the increase, so you're going to see some results, some numerical results, but that's not what it's about. So when I'm witnessing the people, God's going to put them where he wants them, right? Now, I don't leave it up to just their prayers, so I go and pray too. Lord, touch their heart and lead them where you want them to go. It is important for the church to be engaged. We as Christians, we have to be committed to this thing. You know, I was thinking just the other day, and I said, Lord, just in my prayer, I said, God, you know, over the years, there's some things that have transpired. You know, things happen in life. Things change in life. And I'm just concerned. Am I where I was or am I where I need to be spiritually? Is there anything in my life that has taken more importance? You know, every now and then I have to do a self-evaluation and make sure I'm where I'm supposed to be. Because this means something to me. You know, I don't want to be fickle with God. Some folks only go to God when they need something. But God is not obligated to do anything for you when you're not even consulting him to begin with. Now you want to cry out to God when you need something. Yes, he's merciful, but you got to think back. He's also a God of justice. If you rob the bank... Thank God that your life was changed, but you still may have to go to prison. Really? You leave the church because God, you didn't like something that God said. Let's just put it in perspective. You didn't like something that God said. Now you struck with a disease. God can heal you. But whether he chooses to is up to him. But that doesn't mean that your life still can't be changed. You can still live for God. You just may have to suffer with that for the rest of your life. See, we don't want to hear stuff like that. But that is the reality. It wasn't his, it wasn't his fault and it wasn't his purpose for you to leave to begin with. So we have to be committed to this thing. As children of God, we got to be committed. We got to be actively engaged in this thing. So we're going to talk about this. We delve into the concept of ministry. We must start by understanding our role as participants. To participate means to be actively engaged. Active participation in the ministry does not merely suggest an affiliation with, 
but rather a, excuse the expression, diehard commitment to the work of God. Paul says it great when he says, I'll let nothing separate me from the love of God. That's how committed I am to this thing. So regardless of what I face, regardless of what comes my way, there's no principality. There's no spiritual influence. There's no earthly influence that can cause me to be separated from the love of God. That's how committed I am. That's what he's saying. That's how committed I am to this thing. Naturally, the things we value most in our lives are the things that we are most committed to. Which is why some folks are willing to work a job to try to make another penny. Even if it means I got to be out of church. I was talking to my mother-in-law yesterday. I said, you know, it's amazing to me. One thing I have to give my job as much as I deal with things, you know, when I'm going to work, I have to be grateful because something has been established from day one. They know I go to church on Sunday. Sometimes we got to work on the weekends. So they always allow me. They have always allowed me to be off on Sunday to come to work. I think there was only one occasion where I had to work and I had no choice. But at all costs, they make the effort to make sure I'm able to come to church on Sunday. So I work on Saturday. And then I come to church on Sunday and I'm okay with that. But I'm grateful because they know it. See, they recognize it. So when they plan, they're planning for me to be at church on Sunday. So if I can't make it no other time, they know it's on Sunday. I'm going to be at church. That's pretty awesome. I'm thankful for that. When you are committed, it's going to show People are going to recognize that, you know. Let me talk about these four things here. The first thing is attendance. We're talking about being active participants. Attendance is the first thing. How can the church be effective in any area of ministry if no one is available? You remember I talked about, you know, the, the restaurant and the chef? The car shop and the mechanic. And the same is true for the church, right? The church has no members. We can't service. We can't minister. Paul tells us to present ourselves in Romans 12 and 1 a living sacrifice. To present ourselves, to make ourselves available. In other words, we must make ourselves completely available in order for God to place us where he desires to use us. As Christians, we are not member, excuse me, we are not numbers, but we are members. You're not just another number. You work a lot of these other jobs, secular jobs, and, you know, you gone, guess what? We'll hire somebody. Military will tell you, you know, you something happened to you, sorry to see you go, but we're going to roll on. You know, as a young as a young soldier, you don't believe that philosophy. You just think, man, I, you know, if I ain't there, everything ain't gonna fall apart, and it might. But they'll pick up the pieces. 
It ain't going to go too far before they pick it up and roll on. To be in attendance is to willingly submit to Jesus Christ with great anticipation to fulfill his will. As the song says, my life is not my own. To you, I belong. I give myself to you. One of the most challenging things for folks when you're first coming into relationship with God is understanding that your life does not belong to you. And the longer you sit in that state, you somehow become convinced that you call the shots and you ask God to confirm what you want to do. This is why we have less participation in the church body. Because somehow... The church members, and let me just say this because I know some folks look at me like, man, when you talk about Calvary Apostolic, I'm not talking about Calvary Apostolic. I don't spy on your life. I don't know your life. I talk about the church as a whole because that's what God is dealing with. It's the church as a whole, the body of Christ as a whole, every member. We can be a whole lot more effective as a church. If we get over some of these things, if we deal with some of these things that's holding us back. And part of it is being a being a participant, being in attendance, being there, just showing up to start with. But not just being there physically present, but being there fully submissive to the will of God. It's not just I'm here. No, I'm here and I want you to take control in my life. But in order for God to take control of your life, you've got to let go. Stop trying to, you know what amazes me? Now, I, you know, the neighborhoods I grew up in, the lifestyle that I was living before. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a, he's what? God don't need that old junk from the world to accomplish his work. This might sound a little harsh, but this is just the truth, y'all. He doesn't need the additives. When you're in Christ, you are a new creature. So if I was hippity hopping in the world, God don't need hip hop. To reach souls. The Bible didn't say this music shall follow them that believe. It said these signs. While you rapping about what God can do, where is the evidence? I'm making money. I'm stacking, y'all. But who's being glorified? Look, y'all can look at me strange, but I just got to call it what it is. I tell my children all the time, and I'm not, I'm not knocking people. I'm not judging people. It's the behavior when we say we are part of the church. The world looks at us like we're crazy. Because they say, you're still trying to be like the world. You still look like me. 
You still talk like me, but you want me to come out of what you still trying to be a part of. That doesn't work. I always hear the same agenda. Well, we trying to reach people. We trying to, and what are you drawing them to? Because if the basis of what you're doing is off of using the world's tools to reach the world, then what are you drawing them to? To the world. So in essence, they're drawing you. Y'all could be upset. That's okay. Being fully submitted to the will of God. You'd be surprised how many people don't get past this part. So you can't engage in the work of God because you haven't fully submitted to it. You got evangelists. It don't matter how many preachers you have come through the body of Christ and preach and, you know, sweating blood and everything else, trying to preach their heart out to encourage the saints. You can't get through to them because they haven't even fully committed themselves from the get-go. That's why some folks won't help out. I didn't get there yet, though. My life does not belong to me. It belongs to the Lord. Listen, I'm not trying to be rude or mean. But the truth, the truth is, the truth is that if we want to accomplish the things of God, if we want to be successful in the things of God, we have to be fully submitted to God. Amen? We have to be. It's not about us. It's about him. Positioning is the other thing. So, okay, we're in attendance. We showed up. Great. Now, while attendance is important, it's equally important to ensure we are operating in the position that God placed us in. One of the other things that keeps us from being successful in the things of God is because we keep pulling out that measuring stick, trying to figure out how we measure up to somebody else and what they're doing. We've got some great dynamic preachers. We've got some great dynamic teachers. We've got evangelists, prophets, so on and so forth. But God didn't call me to be a prophet. I recognize that. So when the man of God comes through and that's his calling and that's what God is using him to do, it's wrong for me to sit there and say, well, you know, why can't I do that? Why can't I predict the future? Woo. But if that's not what God called me to do, what's more important is what is God asking me to do? Because while I'm so focused on everybody else, I'm missing the opportunities that God has given me to do what he's called me to do. As a musician, I sit there and I hear some folks and, and, you know, you got some talented people out there. I mean, I play and I'm like, I sit there and I listen to some folks. I'm like, man, wow. And I will tell you, there have been times in my life where I've heard some folks and I man, why can't I play like that? But God had to check my spirit. Why don't you just use what I gave you for the glory of God? And don't worry about whether or not you can play like somebody else. But I've come to realize, and a lot of you know, a lot of times I have the opportunities to, opportunity to play, 
or have had opportunities to play, and folks will come up and they'll say, man, I really appreciate your playing, you know, it's anointed, you know, whatever the case may be. And that's a blessing because I know it's glorifying God. If it's ministering to you, then that's really what the purpose is. It doesn't matter how many keys I can play at one time. I can play all the keys at one time. It probably ain't going to sound great. But the question is, what's the impact? Is this something that God is operating through? Because if not, talent alone is not going to change or save the soul of man. When we are in proper position, everybody can't be the pastor. Everybody can't lead the organization. Everybody can't be a men's leader. But what is God calling you to do? That's the question. God will open your eyes, and, and I've said this before, but, you know, <clears throat> when folks used to come to me, you know, in Korea, and they say, oh, you know, I feel like I want to be used. I want to be used. That's great. We want you to be used. But what is God calling you to do? Some folks would, would say, this is what God has put on their hearts. And others, they didn't know. And you know what I would tell them? Go back and pray and ask God to show you what he's calling you to do. The last thing I want to do is put you in a place that God is not calling you to, and you try to do it of your own accord, you're going to frustrate yourself because you're out of position. In the military, we know how important positioning is. You fulfill your position, and you're helping the team overall. Sports players, they, you know, same thing. You got everybody trying to play one position, what happens? There's always a vulnerability. We we watched the last year when my son was playing basketball and, and you know, and I told him I said, you know, sometimes I think they just get confused with the concepts from one sport to the other. You know, football you can run around, you got space to run around and you can kind of react. You know, you're going to tackle. Basketball is not tackle. You got a position, guard your man. You got one man to guard. When you're trying to guard all the players, <laughs> you just left the open space somewhere. We had a player that was doing that, just wearing himself out, trying to guard all the players, going from one player to the other, trying to get the ball. He tried to do, play the whole role. But you can't be effective that way. Just be in your position. Guarantee you. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna have a chance of being more successful, being in the position that God is calling you to be in. So whatever that is, you know, cleaning toilets, maybe it's singing, whatever the case may be. Maybe it's, you know, working multimedia, whatever it is. We've got some great people here that, that know how to do some things. I can tell you right now, I couldn't do half the stuff that Brother Terry does. I mean, I probably could figure it out, but... I mean, he does it, you know, it's just little effort just watching him do all the stuff that he's doing, and that's great. And I know he didn't want to be called out, but it's an awesome thing. He's being used by God to do some awesome things. And in fact, my understanding is this, this building here, a lot of what is in this building 
is a direct result of what him and Brother Bell, I believe, did years ago. And that's pretty awesome. Everybody has a function, has a role. What is God calling you to do? Sometimes we take the things that we do for granted. Or sometimes we take one another for granted. But God doesn't. Listen, if you know how to pray, maybe nobody will ever hear you speak on a platform. But if you know how to pray, do you know how far prayer will go? God is calling you to be a prayer warrior. That's powerful. Maybe God is just calling you to give words of exhortation. You're encouraging the body of Christ. You just go to one person and just say, hey, be encouraged or say whatever it is God is telling you. to." You don't know what impact that has. It's very easy to take little things. Remember what we read in the scripture. You can't say to one part of the body, well, you're just insignificant, so we don't need you. Every part of the body is important. And if you are a position where God wants you to be, I can guarantee you, you will walk in the favor of God because you're doing what God has called you to do. And be joyful about it. One of the things I, you know, I embraced, especially coming here, you know, when people, when I get the chance to do something or I get the opportunity to serve, you know, and people say thank you. And, you know, one of the responses I get, serving with joy because that's the way I feel about it. I'm going to serve grudgingly. Oh, there you go. That'll get you blessed. Not. Serving with joy is stuff that needs to be done, right? Might as well do it with joy. Besides, if you do it in sorrow, you do it, you know, dragging your feet, it's probably going to take a whole lot longer to get it done. Might as well get some joy about doing what you need to do. Sing some songs, right? Being properly positioned, <clears throat> this should encompass every area of our lives, from the church assembly to the colleges we attend. Every decision about where we go should be governed by where God desires us to be. Again, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. I was started out mentioning this about either last week or the week before, but this is one of the things that's imperative to teach our young people. Because they are faced with making a lot of decisions in life. And as they get out there and they get on their own, the question is, are they equipped? You can't prepare them for every scenario. The question is, are they equipped to be able to make the right decision? Do they have what they need that they can apply to whatever it is that they're dealing with to make the right choice? You got our young people and, you know, a lot of the advice that we give our young people, unfortunately, you know, oh, y'all look so good together. That's great. I can look good together with a lot of people, but that doesn't mean I'm supposed to be married to them. You're going to need more than attraction to get you through the challenges of marriage. Y'all know. So why not better prepare our young people? You know what they do in the Judaic culture? Six months out, they don't see each other. It's not hang out with one another. And part of the reason why they do it is because they feel like, you know, that'll give you a fresh, you know, appreciation for the one that you're going to be with. But during that time, they also prepare themselves by studying the Torah. They, they do all that stuff to prepare themselves spiritually because they believe that you're only half of a person 
until you meet the person that you're going to marry and you come together, then you become the whole person. So why aren't we teaching our young people, listen, God has who he has for you. But in the meantime, he's preparing you for the one he's going to bring you to. Not, oh, go out there and test the waters. That one didn't work. Next. This is not lab work. We're looking for that right chemistry. I'm going to tell you the only chemistry, the best chemistry you're going to find is just being in the will of God. What worked today might chemically be imbalanced tomorrow. We just don't have that chemistry no more. Of course not. Things change. Your adhesive should be Jesus. Amen? That's what our young people need to know. That's what we should be encouraging them to do. Putting their lips on. You know, I tell my kids, I I say, listen, you understand this. I said, think of it this way. If God has somebody prepared for you already, and you decide to go out and do your own thing and test the waters, I said, wouldn't that in essence be considered committing adultery? In God's eyes, you're already betrothed to somebody. So why do that to your partner? Anyway, that's just a little plug in there. Only when we are properly positioned according to the will of God will we be truly successful in this life and the life to come. When we are properly positioned, we can experience the uninhibited anointing of God. This is very important. You want to see what God will do through your life? Just allow him to put you where he wants you. Remember, it's God that puts us and places us in the body as he chooses according to his purpose, according to his will, not our will. It wasn't a dialogue to say, well, where would you like to be, Brother Miller? You know, you you choose and let me know if this is good for you. I'm going to give you a series of uh, positions that I have open and uh, you just let me know which one you would like to know. Before I was brought into existence, God had a plan. It's the same thing for all of us. He's got a plan. Amen. It's not a it's not a cliche. And the world, you know, these people in the world need to know God has a plan for your life. I know they don't want to hear it because they've heard it so much. They heard all these good fairy messages about, you know, how God is just such a pansy and he's just, you know, he he going to cater to everything. You it don't matter how you live. You can live like a dog. You know, it's OK. God accepts that. And he's going to no. know. They need to understand. <laughs> God wants to change your life. There are some things that he wants you to do. There are some requirements that he has. You can do it if you just submit yourself to God. I think one of the things, one of the, one of the mistakes I've seen quite a few times is making an effort to try to encourage someone. Now, this is church folks, so everybody in here got the Holy Ghost, I believe. 
when we try to encourage folks who do not have the Holy Ghost to live the life that we live, that you can only live with the Holy Ghost. We drive some folks to frustration. A lot of times when I'm talking with folks, one of the things I want to know first and foremost is, where are you spiritually? And I will ask them, do you know about the Holy Ghost? Because the reality is you cannot make it without the Spirit of God. You can have a good feeling and that's great. You can be in a good atmosphere and that's great. But when you leave from the atmosphere, when you leave from the surroundings, when you leave from the company that you're in, what do you have to solidify you when you face those challenges? And they need to know. You've got to submit yourself to God. God is going to give you his spirit. He's going to give you power to overcome those things that you deal with on a daily basis. That's when we can begin to encourage them. Hey, just stick with it. Stick with it. Stick with what? I don't even have anything to begin with. No, you need the Holy Ghost. You need the power of God inside of you. And when they get that, things will start to change for them, even in themselves. Let's move along. Only when we are properly positioned according to the will of God will we be truly successful in this life and the life to come. When we are properly positioned, we can experience the uninhibited anointing of God. I read this already. We must be careful not to allow jealousy, envy, pride, or any other factor in this life to remove us from the place that God has positioned us. The greatest blessings prepared for us will only come when we are properly positioned in the work of God. Talking about being... Uh, participants right in the ministry so you got to be in attendance got to be properly positioned the other thing is preparation so the united states government agencies law enforcement and military all have an overall mission okay the mission is pretty much to support and defend the constitution of the united states against all enemies foreign, and domestic. I say again, the overall mission of the government agencies, law enforcement, and military is to support and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign, and domestic, and to protect its citizens. That's the overall mission. Now, the generic mission does not necessarily articulate specific details about every task and responsibility that's necessary to fulfill the mission. So while I give you the overall mission, I'm not giving you the specific details on what needs to be done to accomplish that mission. Now, again, in the military, we have a lot of pinpoint doctrinal resources that can cover some of the general concepts and procedures, but it is impossible to cover every potential scenario in written doctrine. Everything that you're going to face is impossible to put in words. Every scenario. There's no way, even in the military, some things are just going to be reactive because it's going to be by experience. What they call, they do, they do uh, after action review to see how well, whatever it was, the task that was performed, how well it was. Was it successful? Do we need to change something? So there's no way to put everything in there. But. They cover the general concept so that you can apply those concepts to whatever scenario you face. Does that make sense? 
So I'm not giving you every scenario specifically, every detail, but I'm giving you enough of the concept and guideline to apply to whatever scenario that you face. Why do I say that? It's important to recognize that every scenario that we face in this life is not going to be written in the scriptures. As I often refer to, the Bible never says, thou shalt not go to clubs, but that doesn't mean that God frowns on us or, you know, that God's okay with us going to the club. And what's interesting to me is that the world will be quick to point it out. You go in there talking about I'm a Christian, they gonna, first thing they're going to ask you is, why are you in the club? Let me see you in church on Sunday singing in the choir. I got a problem with that. So why is the church confused? We shouldn't be. Just because it didn't say it verbatim, the vocabulary wasn't there in the scriptures doesn't mean that it's not really there. The question is, are we getting the concepts? Are we getting the guidelines that God has put there? You know, the scripture says, let not your evil or let not your good be evil spoken of. You do all is good, but then you put yourself in a position to look bad. Guess what happens? You're going to be associated with bad. You don't believe it? Go out there and look like some of these criminals that's walking around these hoodlums. And when the cops roam the street, guess what they're doing? They're scoping you out because they associate you with bad. You could be the best kid. You could be, you know, you got scholarships. You didn't graduate high school. Everything going good for your life. But because of the way you appear, you are automatically associated. And don't look at me crazy because we do that in the world. As human beings, we judge a book by its. That's just a way of human, human life. So there are certain things that we have to do to make sure we live up to what God is expecting us. So we can set a difference between the church and the world. Let there be no mistake about it. There should be a difference between the church and the world. If we are going to make an impact on the world, then the world needs to see a difference in the church. Amen. People in the world are hurting. They're looking for hope. But if we're walking around hopeless, then we can't help nobody. All right, I am at my time. I'm going to wrap this up. So, it is important for every individual to become familiar with and experienced in the doctrine before facing a real-world scenario. When you look in the military or any of these agencies, they go through training. They do simulated trainings just to make sure that the scenarios that they presented, you can perform the functions that you need to perform, that you grasp the concept of what you've been taught. So regardless of what you face, we know you have a good foundation. The same applies for the word of God. You want to be successful in the things of God. You want to be successful in the work of God. Stop looking for every little detail. Some folks are just looking at the scriptures just so they can find an excuse to do what they want to do. That's not the right approach. We look in the word of God and we seek God for an understanding so we know we have the concept of what God is trying to get to us so that we can apply it to whatever scenario we face in this life. That's what's important. Amen? 
66 books is not going to cover it all. For Christians, we become prepared by studying God's word while seeking him for wisdom and understanding of his word. The Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of God, teaches us everything we need to know about his word. Similar to the written doctrine of our protective forces, the written word of God does not spell out every possible scenario. However, it provides us with all the principles and guidelines necessary to follow that will secure our success in every scenario. The more we practice God's word, the more proficient we become. The more proficient we become, the better prepared we are for the trials of life. Which brings me to my last point that I'm wrapping up. Performance. Now that you know, what are you going to do with what you know? He doesn't know what to do good and doeth it not. Just by virtue of not doing what you know you're supposed to do, the Bible classifies it as sin. Why? Because it takes an effort to reject what you have already learned. So you don't embrace it. That means you are rejecting it. And by rejecting it, you are in violation of God. That is sin. That is the essence of sin. Amen? So to be an active participant in ministry, you got to first be in attendance. Thank God for being here. you got to be properly positioned. you got to be adequately prepared. And then just get to work. Amen. I hate to use the phrase, but Nike does have the cliche, the little phrase, the slogan that says, just do it. I won't tell you the history of where it came from, but just do it. If God said it, just do it. Amen. It's that simple. God bless you. Let's take a break. Let's get ready for a dynamic service in Jesus name.